Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got two very special guests from the movie that is premiering this Friday, The Water Is My Sky. We have got director Brian Tremel and star Tom Wilkins. Tom, Brian, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, great. Thanks so much for having us. director of this film um you i mean this is your brainchild this is kind of your baby and uh it's been years and years in the making um first of all just can you give us a little background on why this movie why these subjects and uh your inspiration for even wanting to start and film this movie absolutely uh so 2000 was my first memory of the olympics olympic swimming around 1999, 2000 was uh, the time in my life where I decided swimming was the sport for me. Uh, and so watching that first, the Sydney Olympics was my you know, first uh, introduction to international swimming. And a lot of you know, memories from those games stick out. Um, but one of the predominant memories of that was watching uh, this guy, Tom Wilkins swim. Uh, he swam similar events to the ones that I was interested in. Um, and I remember watching those races and being inspired by him. And then in the year 2001, uh, a book came out called Gold in the Water. And uh, my swim coach, the late Don Kimball, who's also featured in the film, he came to my team and said, you guys need to check this book out. This book gets to the core of what it really means to be a swimmer and what you might be experiencing in this sport. Uh, and so I read that book and I just became obsessed. And I memorized every line and I idolized Tom even more because of that uh, to the point where I think it was in 2003, I was in Indianapolis uh, watching Tom swim and got his autograph. Uh, and that was a big moment for me. And that was really special. So um, ever since the first time I read that book, I knew it was just a very uh, true story to what you might expect from an elite swimmer and what you might expect in a sport. And so as I kind of grew up and I got really interested in filmmaking and storytelling, that, that book always stuck out in my mind of this, this really, uh, you know, raw, um, passionate look at what it's like to be a swimmer. And I just always thought it would make an interesting film. And so I ended up at the University of Iowa, uh, where I swam for four years, and I also studied filmmaking. And after graduating, I kind of needed some direction, wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Um, and in my time at Iowa, I, one of my teammates, I came to find out was Tom's cousin. Uh, and so he connected me with Tom, and it was kind of off and running from there. Uh, and so the primary motivation was that at that point, that was 2012, uh, there weren't any real swimming movies out at that point. There have been a few since then. Um, but, you know, that was the main motivation of just, you know, I want to make a, a, a movie about the sport that gave so much to me um, and really kind of just show my appreciation for it. So, I mean, a lot of these things I didn't know or I didn't realize and <clears throat> watching the movie, I mean, it's a, it's a really great story and it has a few really compelling narratives in it. Um, but taking a step back from the movie, like you said, it's based on P.H. Mullen's Gold in the Water, um, which is a story about Tom. Um, and Tom, I'm curious, you know, when, when did, did P, I'm assuming P.H. approached you when he was going to start writing this book, 
And what was it like to be the subject of a book after everything you had gone through in the two th- in, in 2000 Olympic lead up trials and Olympics? Yeah, that's a great question. And Brian does a great job of touching on that in the, in the movie. Um, it really started around 1998, where um, my teammate Kirk Grote and I were ranked number one and number two in the world in the same event, uh, the 200 breaststroke. And PH was a master swimmer at the same pool that we were training at. And he would watch the way we trained and work together. And it just struck him that here were two guys that were you know, trying to basically beat each other out in a way to be the best in the world. Yet they were close friends. Um, you know, Kurt was my mentor, um, you know, we were teammates, you know, I consider him a brother. So the fact that we had this sort of special relationship trying to make each other better at the same time, we were both competing to be the best in the world. He just thought that was really interesting. And then he came up with the idea of say, Hey, let's follow the storyline through the 2000 Olympics and, and see what happens. So he approached our coach, Dick Jokins about it, about his concept and then approached us about it. And so we basically agreed to let PH into our lives and, and watch us and, and, sort of write about the experience. And we didn't know what, you know, and how we would come out looking after that, but we signed on to the project and, and that project was gold in the water, which was, um, you know, for me, it was, it was a special book and it was cool having a, a narrative of, of a pursuit of yours and, and something that was special for you. So when that book came out, yeah, that was, um, it was really remarkable and, and it meant a lot to us too. Cause I wasn't someone who always did diaries and things like that. So having someone sort of have a memoir of that time of your life, which was a special time in your life was, was, was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially, especially if you're, if you're happy, happy with, with that, that narrative, narrative as well, as well. That, that, that seems that like, a, like very a very cool thing, thing to, to have, have and to be able to share, share with, others, with others, as well. others as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can get into some other things, but you know, a lot of times people always make the good things better and the bad things worse, right? And, you know, and we're in a society too that measures things on big monumental events like, you know, Olympic victories or national championships or graduation ceremonies, you know, but really our lives are lived out on the everyday. And so to sort of capture that everyday, um, you know, pursuit, you know, struggle, triumph, all the things that happen, you know, which make up our lives on the, in the everyday, not these monumental big circumstances. It was, I think PH did a great job of capturing that. And then Brian, you know, translated that really well into film. So before we get too far into this movie, um, Brian, I have to ask, uh, the water is my sky bottom line it for me. Um, where did this title come from and did it come immediately? Was it at the start of the project or did it come some way through the, the beginning, middle or end of the project? Uh, it was not, it was not there at the beginning, uh, for a brief time, I think on Facebook, we were known as the swimming movie, which I'm really glad that we, uh, evolved on from that. But, uh, as is the case with a lot of things in this movie, just, you know, I touched on earlier, like I was teammates with Tom's cousin, just a lot of things seemed to make sense. So I remember one day I was, I think I was Googling just swimming quotes and there was an article by Mike Gustafson where he ranked like the top 10 swimming quotes. And one of them was, Um, I can't fly, but swimming is the next best thing. The water is my sky. And I reached out to Mike and I was like, where did that quote come from? Like, who's that attributed to? Uh, And it turns out it was attributed to um, Tom. I'm totally blanking on his name. No, sorry. Clayton Jones. Clayton Jones. (laughs) I apologize, Clayton, if you listen to this. It was attributed to Clayton Jones in the book, Gold in the Water. So he was, he was one of the swimmers featured in the book. Uh, and as soon as I found out that, you know, where the quote came from, that was, um, there was no changing it from there, so. 
that's so uh, that's a really great story i love you know in any kind of story just hearing from where where the titles come from and and i they, they usually or can sometimes have very powerful origin stories and that one certainly seems like it fits like you said um and so the the movie starts um tom <laughs> what did you think about first you have this book and then tell me about when Brian approached you to do a movie again of, of your narrative and telling your story. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned the word star and Brian mentioned the word inspiration. And I think that that um, those words sort of boggle my mind a little bit. Uh, the fact that people think either my story or the things that I've done have been an inspiration or something that they can look to. So you know, I was probably originally part of the reason why there was a delay in starting that because Brian reached out to me and yeah, I wasn't like one to be like, oh, let me let me let me sign on and let's write it. Let's do a movie that's in large part about me. I was sort of think a little bit of cautious about it. And I probably took some time too long from I'm sorry, Brian, to sort of process it. But we once I finally sort of said, OK, um, and then Brian went through the process. Obviously, there's the other things that, you know, make the, the movie a longer period of time. But um yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's weird to think that again, that people think that that story or things that we went to were either special or inspirational. Um, I'm flattered by it. Um, you know, and to whatever extent that, you know, people can, um, get, you know, some sort of feedback or, um, I guess inspiration from anything that I've done, you know, I, I, you know, it's a big honor to me. And so, so uh, uh, Brian, um, this, this, this process of making the movie, uh, it's finally coming out on Friday. It's been a long one. It's, it's been years in the making. Um, <clears throat> without getting too much into detail, can you give me just a rough narrative of, what, of, of, of the things, you know, highs and lows that went into making this film? It's certainly a long process. I think uh, a quote that sums it up, I was listening to a CEO talking about him thinking back into the nineties when he was starting a company and he said, anytime that you start something big, you need to be a little naive. And I was certainly, uh, that was certainly the case for me. So um, I've been really blessed uh, throughout this process to have a lot of great mentors and showing me kind of the ways to make this happen uh, and to do it professionally. It certainly is a good time to be an independent filmmaker uh, in terms of access to equipment uh, and things like that. And a lot of people are always anxious to, to help out and join in. Um, and I knew that we had a great story and a great narrative uh, in place. And so those things kind of kept us going, but that certainly didn't come without obstacles. So originally the idea was to create gold in the water as a movie. And we very quickly discovered that there's no, uh, there's no footage from that time period other than the Olympic trials and Olympic races, essentially. So there's pH was not, also taking video of the practices and all these great scenes that he writes about in the book. So we couldn't really do anything with that unless we wanted to make an hour and a half movie of just people talking uh, and, and, and not much else. So uh, along the way, then we decided it would be nice to add in some present day swimmers as well to kind of complement Tom's story. And in a way the film kind of took a different shape from there, you know, gold in the water is a story about the Santa Clara swim club elite team as they train for the Olympics. Uh, and our film, I feel, kind of turned into more of just a look at elite swimming in America. And we do it through three different athletes. And so we have Tom's story. Uh, we have Connor Yeager, who is kind of mirroring what Tom went through, kind of graduating from college and 
doing the post-grad swimming and trying to make ends meet, planning for life after swimming. What is it like to be an Olympic swimmer in this country? Um, and then we also have the, you know, the, um, the up and comers, those who are reaching, those who want to reach that level and make, you know, just as much of a sacrifice as, as some of the Olympians do. So we have a, a female named Taylor Garcia, who's featured in the film as well. Uh, when we were filming her, she was in high school, a top 10 recruit, um, ended up, you know, qualifying for trials, making it back in the hundred backstroke, um, but ultimately not making the team. Uh, which I feel is reflective of the experience of a lot of swimmers that I knew, certainly my experience. Uh, you know, I wanted to reach the level that Tom and Connor made it to and didn't quite get there. So, um, but there's a lot that I took away from the sport besides that outcome. So, so that's a long way of saying that as we kind of let the film develop on its own, uh, there were just changes that were made. You know, originally it was, you were going to film Connor through 2014 and end with the Pan Pacific Championships. And then it was like, well, he's going to make it to Rio. We should go through Rio. And then, you know, and then after that it became, uh, Oh, well, we don't have any funding left. So now we need to fundraise a little bit more. And there's always things to, uh, to, to encounter and obstacles to overcome the primary one being anytime you're dealing with, uh, an Olympic level sport, you need to, uh, clear licenses for footage through the U S Olympic committee. Uh, and that is quite expensive. And so um, that was a major obstacle for us as well. So getting to know people and just kind of sharing the story and editing as we went uh, and reacting to things as they changed and crew members being available only this month, we had to wait a couple months for them to open up or, or you know, interviews needing to be scheduled. It just um, became a lot. And then as well, just, you know, no one was ever full-time on this film. I've worked, I've lived in four different states throughout the filming of this project. I uh, am in graduate school currently. And so it's, it's juggling a lot of different things. And so that's, um, that's kind of the reason for the, the long timeline and the, the profound amount of relief I'm feeling uh, in this moment. And just one more piece of context, you know, how did you, once you discovered, okay, we can't recreate Golden in the Water as a book, how did Connor and Taylor, you know, how to specifically come into the picture? How did those two get involved? Just another one of those serendipitous moments. I remember, uh, so Connor was a sophomore at the University of Michigan and it was Memorial Day weekend uh, in 2012. And I was in my hometown of Holland, Michigan, uh, visiting with a high school friend. And uh, we were at a party and he introduces me to this guy, Connor Yeager, who I remembered, you know, swimming in the same conference as him in college. Uh, and Connor and I hit it off and he said, Hey, I heard that you're a fan of that book, Gold in the Water. I'm from the same hometown as Tom. That's pretty wild. Right. And I was like, yeah, that is pretty wild. <laughs> and, uh, and two months later, I'm watching Connor make the Olympics. And this is right around the time we were getting gold in the water as a movie started. And eventually I just kind of mentioned it offhand to one of my early consultants on the project. And he said, wait, you're telling me that there's another Olympic swimmer from the same hometown as the book and he's still swimming. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, we should follow him, you know, and kind of make it this mirror image of Tom's talking about what it was like to be a post-grad swimmer. We have a post-grad swimmer right here. Uh, so that's how that became involved. And so that's another courting process of like trying to gain, gain somebody's trust, which uh, I'm very grateful for. So that's how Connor developed. And then, you know, we found it was, we, we felt pretty strongly it was going to be important early on to have a female voice in the film as well. It's a very male dominated film. Um, so that was a priority. And Taylor is um, a childhood friend of mine. I've been good friends with her family. She's from the same hometown as me. Um, and, and 
kind of similarly, right as we were getting the film off the ground, she really was starting to come on as a, a future star in the sport. And so I, I thought to myself, you know, maybe let's just follow this and see where it goes um, as well. So that's really, really great to get that backstory and, and just to hear about, especially having, I watched the film last night. I mean, all three narratives, like you said, very powerful and very different stories. I mean, even between Tom and Connor, you know, they're from the same hometown, but they go through very different things, even though they're both, you know, it tells the story of them postgraduate trying to make ends meet making their Olympic team um, for Connor. It was his second for Tom. It was his first. And just, um, yeah, I mean, really great narratives and really cool to hear that backstory of how, how those ends met for you um, as the director, Tom. Um, I'm curious, you know, having had, as you said, your narrative already told once in a book, you get to reflect that you get to share that with people. Um, wh what was it like getting to reflect on that narrative again, again. and having, and having it, combined it combined with, with Two others. Um, well, I think that when the book came out, I was still swimming. So I, you know, I swam the Olympics in 2000 and, you know, arguably my best years were the couple years after that, you know, 01, 02, I had a tremendous amount of success and went into 04 trials. Um, and so I was, it was still sort of part of my life. And so the weird thing about the movie is that, you know, I haven't thought of myself like that in a, in a, in a long period of time. Um, you know, I have two young kids. I know my son was in the movie, my daughter quickly uh, um, in there as well. And they were little, but my son's a sophomore in high school now. He's grown up a lot since that little kid in the movie. Um, and they swim and believe it or not, when you think of things full circle, they swim for the same club team that I swam for growing up here in New Jersey. Now I'm back here in New Jersey. So um, I'm, I've been involved volunteer coaching. So I'm, I'm starting to get a lot more involved in the sport again. And um, so it's been great. It's been great that the movie came out now because I'm, I'm actually sort of back involved in the sport, you know, so I've been on it on the, the swimmer side, on the parent side and as a coach. Um, and so it was just really neat to see. And, and it was just incredibly well done. And the fact that, you know, we were with Connor and, and Taylor and that, um, you know, I thought Brian did a wonderful job of weaving, you know, you know, the different sides of sort of a, a similar storyline. Yeah, so I have follow-up questions for that. Um, first is, you know, you, you finished Stanford in 98, and then you you've went those extra two years to qualify for that Olympics. And in a lot of cases, especially 20 years ago, people would have gone to their Olympics, had, had you, you went to your Olympics, you got a medal, and people would have been done, right? They needed, needed to move on, start, start their life, get a job, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, and I, that's what I thought was going to happen. Cause I wasn't very familiar with your narrative and you went for four more years and you had a lot of success You're on national teams. You were a leader on the national team. And then you all, you know, you just missed your second Olympics in 2004. Um, and I didn't expect that because I, I'm guessing there wasn't a ton of money in the sport and that wasn't an incredibly easy journey for you. Um, especially for postgraduates now who are going through a similar journey. Um, Obviously, you wanted to continue doing it for the four for that those that next quad. Um, but what was it like for you from two thousand to two thousand four? Just um, uh, supporting, supporting your, your and, and having that having drive, that drive for, for yourself, yourself and your family. 
Yeah, it was cool. We just felt fortunate that we were part of that really first, I don't want to say generation, but that first group that was able to support ourselves in the sport. Um, you know, I had a sustained period of time where I had a lot of success. You know, for seven straight years, I was ranked top four in the world. Um, you know, won a number of different uh, titles. Um, you know, won short course worlds in 2002, you know, been all the Pan Pacific games and things like that. So, um, you know, I just really felt fortunate that I was able to go through and train. And even though, um, like I think in the movie, they talk about the fact that I think Rowdy, one of his quotes was, I wasn't quite ready for, you know, for that big time. I was just at the Olympic time. I was just moving up into, to being at that, you know, you know, top tier, like top, you know, best, you know, swimmer in the world kind of range. So I was still learning off of that and felt like it grow. And I really felt like, um, you know, I, I had a good chance of, of trying to make it four years later. So, you know, it was a great pursuit, but, you know, during that time, then, you know, I got married and in 04 trials, you know, I had a, had a wife who was pregnant and you start thinking of your life because the longer you spend your time in the sport, the longer you're putting off your next career. So, you know, you start to manage those types of things and those types of expectations and what you want your life to be outside of the sport when it's been, you know, an integral part of my life, you know, the sport's been well, the center part of my life for a long period of time. So, um, yeah, it was a cool, it was an interesting transition, you know, in 2004, um, sorry, in 2000 during the Olympic trials, you know, it was, it was, you know, the center of my life. And then, so as we start to navigate towards transitioning out of swimming, um, that was interesting, but I really felt fortunate with my sponsors and, you know, all the people that were supporting me at the time, you U S Olympic committee and USA swimming, uh, they allowed us to do it full time. Which is, which, which is, is really, which cool is really cool here. here. Uh, uh, I think, I think a, lot of a lot of athletes, athletes are afforded that opportunity now. Um, but, but it's still something that, you know, a lot of athletes have to manage of if you're not, you know, top four in the world or the, that at that top tier, but want to continue swimming. Um, and then, so my other follow-up of that is at the end of the film, you know, that it, it shows you hugging Michael Phelps and it, it kind of alludes to the fact that you were a mentor to him. Can you speak on your relationship of, of that up and coming with, sorry, with that up and coming Michael Phelps um, from 2000 to 2004, especially being on those national teams with him? Um, yeah, I mean, I can't speak for Michael. Of course, I, you know, got to know him fairly well. Um, he made the Olympic team in 2000. I was captain of the Olympic team in 2000. He made it as a 15 year old, you know, so watching this, this, this young kid um, who was able to, you know, come up at a, such an early age and have a lot of success. And, you know, I remember again, watching him break his first world record and break well first American record then first world record. And, you know, I guess maybe you can see that that's why I pushed towards retirement in 2004 because Michael was just becoming too fast <laughs> for everybody at the time. Um, I, the thing that I remember most about Michael and that I just really appreciated and respected is Mike always respected, you know, the older people in the sport. You know, he, he didn't come onto the scene thinking that it was just about him. Um, he always felt like he could learn from the experiences and from other people in the sport. So he really was very respectful to us all the time. And he's always been very respectful of the sport. I mean, he, he approaches things the right way, the way he trains, you know, his mindset, all the things that he always did really was very impressive to me. Um, you know, I was always someone who tried to learn off of every experience too. So going to a national team camp and seeing someone like him and the way he swam underwater and the things that he did was stuff that I could learn off of, of, of after that. So again, I, I don't know if, if, if I, I didn't directly train with him or, or work with him as, you know, from a club team standpoint, cause I can't say too much about mentoring him. Um, you know, I know I just tremendously respect everything that he's done in the sport and, um, you know, it was really cool to be around 
around that um, phenomenon as he sort of grew into the athlete that, and, you know, the goat basically, you know, that he is. So. Uh, so, uh, Brian, I want to take it back to you. Um, having been a swimmer yourself, um, and then obviously transitioned into the, the role of director for this film. Um, I think a lot of people who are listening are familiar with that swimmer perspective um, of just what a swimmer goes through on a day-to-day basis. And I think you do a great job at portraying that um, for any swimmer or non-swimmer. Um, but do you feel like you gained a different perspective on maybe what athletes go through, what elite athletes go through or um, in the pool or outside of the pool as the director of the film versus, you know, maybe just being a teammate or a swimmer yourself? I think so. I think that comes with my distance from the sport uh, that accompanied the creation of this film. I kind of started it right as my career ended. And so in a way, I think it maybe helped me process a little bit of what happened to me. And I think in that, the biggest thing that I learned is, um, you know, the, the importance of appreciating the day-to-day process just a little bit more and, and focusing a little bit less on those outcomes and those immediate results when they're happening in the moment uh, and really like truly appreciating what you get out of the sport. And I think that, I think that retired swimmers will enjoy this film a lot, not to say that current swimmers won't, but I think it's just a great reminder of all those things that swimming teaches you. Um, and, and it really, it just, it brings to light, you know, all the lessons that you can take from it and, and the drive and determination that, um, you know, it comes with doing the daily grind of what we do. And so I think that in, in looking at the sport from the position of a director, I think I gained quite a bit higher appreciation for those who truly are at the higher level, the one that I didn't quite get to and the pressure that comes with that. You know, you may think to yourself, like what, um, you know, you know, well, why, why would, you know, someone who's, you know, so highly ranked struggle to make the Olympic team or, or, you know, what, you know, you go in with a seed time that's, you know, so much better than everybody else. And, and how, how does it make any sense that they won't be able to perform in that level? It's truly another stratosphere. Um, and I can't really, you know, speak to that myself. So um, getting to see behind the curtain of what it's like to be at that performing at that level uh, was really unique, I think. And, you know, I just have the tr- a tremendous r- amount of respect for anyone who makes it to that to that point. And so it's it's cool to see that there are some reflections between you know what a college swimmer goes through and um, an Olympian as well, and and then still being able to you know really appreciate those who who take the time to um, kind of like Tom said, put off the rest of their career, uh, the rest of their life, in order to pursue those dreams and those goals. And I think that you know that's the message of the film is just that that's the best thing that you can do uh, is to, to, you know, pursue something with everything that you have. And, and it's not as much about the outcome of that and the result. It's about just making that decision to go after it. Um, And that's what I took away from it as well. That's how I view the film. So speaking of, of this day-to-day process, this day-to-day grind um, you hit on that in the film, um, especially with Tom and his coach, Dick Jokums. And so for the swim nerds out there listening right now, and for, for the swim nerd in me, I have to ask um, Tom, I have to ask Tom this, you know, it, it really interesting uh, part of the film is when um, 
someone, the narr whoever's narrating at the time explains that, um, you know, a lot of people would do different sets throughout the week or the month and Dick would do the same sets uh, over and over again. And the goal was just to try to be better than your best um, on a weekly or monthly basis. I mean, Tom, can you just elaborate a little on that going into that and, and adjusting to that compared to training with a college team at Stanford and just a completely different style of training? And are there specific sets that, that are just ingrained into your head that you will never forget from that time now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I first started the program, yeah, it was just, it was, it was incredibly gratifying because you, we got to test ourselves uh, with race pain every single day in practice. And you can measure yourself and measure growth, you know, you know, in a very real way, almost week to week, month to month, year to year. Uh, and that was awesome. Um, you know, I think that as I maybe got older, when I was 28, going into 04 trials, you know, at the, at the end of the day, um, it became almost a little bit of a burden in a lot of ways because, you know, I had, you know, six years of historical knowledge about, you know, at this time of year, this is the kind of sets I can do in the repeats. And all of a sudden now I'm 28 years old and my body doesn't recover quite the same way. And, you know, I started putting a lot more pressure on myself that every single practice had to be perfect all the time. So uh, initially, again, it was awesome. At the end of the year, I didn't probably handle it at the end of my career. I didn't probably handle it as, as well as I should have mentally, but um but I love the program. I love the idea of, of high quality. And you're seeing, you know, as, as I'm getting into coaching now too, you know, the quality is, is, is the way, you know, the sport's moving as opposed to some of the over distance it was when I was an age grouper. So, um, you know, the fact that we were a very high quality club, allowed ourselves to test each other all the time. I thought it was a great, a great environment to work in. And again, I have, again, to, I have to, are there certain, are there certain sets, sets that, that, that stick out or that you remember from that time? It's going to sound silly, but my favorite set is, you know, every Friday we would go three 1,000s, descend one to three. Um, or if it was long course, you go three 800s, descend one to three. And that was just, for me, it was so much fun because, again, within the 1,000, you had a whole lot of time to, you know, and it sounds silly, you know, but um, you know, and that we just did a lot of pulling. We would pull with paddles, a pull buoy, and a tube, like a, a um I guess a wheelbarrow type of tube that we stick both of our feet in that would sort of drag you back, but also keep your feet up. We did about um, 6,000 meters of pulling a day. You usually did about 4,000 in the morning and 2,000 at night after our main set. So, um, you know, that was sort of the, the thing that sticks out, you know, a lot of me, but, you know, and we'd also do, you know, a lot of descent stuff, a lot of best average things like that. Okay. So okay, I have so to ask, ask the numbers. numbers. You remember, what you would descend down to on the eight, three, eight hundreds or three, one thousands. <laughs> the long course times are, are, are sticking in my head. Uh, so short course. Yeah. I mean, I would always start trying to start the first one off under 10 minutes, you know, and then just see how far down you could go. And, you know, we get down into nine thirty, nine ish, you know, range. Um, you know, sometimes when we were, we were really rolling, you know, it just depends on also, you know, and again, we did do it week to week. So sometimes you maybe start off a little bit slower and see if you can pop a big one. Sometimes you'd see, you know, if you can descend them all within a five second uh, span of time. So again, it's been a long time. I am getting old. So. <laughs> well, th that's awesome. that's awesome. Thank you Thank for you indulging for this from Nerd Side. Nerd side. Um, uh, to wrap things up, Tom, just what are you excited for people to see through this film, you know, obviously they've gotten a taste. Um, if they've read Golden Water, 
they, they're familiar with your narrative, but what are you excited for people to see and for you yourself to share with people um, once they see this film? That's a great question. I think the first thing that stuck out to me when I saw it is just the quality of the film. Yeah, uh, outside of the story, the, the visuals and the music and the narrative, the, the way Brian wove everything together, I think it makes for an amazing watch. And uh, it really was something that was special, like even removing the story from it. Um, but for me, just to see that the fact that, you know, every single day, you know, you guys, everyone gets to challenge themselves and, you know, through hard work and persistence uh, and support of others, uh, anyone can, you know, accomplish what they want to. And, you know, the thing we talked about in the movie is you're know, swimming such a great sport because you don't just measure success by winning and losing. So there's so many different ways to measure success. So as long as you're comfortable with that and in the sport, um, I think it's it's a sport for everybody. And, uh, and uh, Brian, Brian, to finish, finish up, up. Uh, same question for you. You know, what are you excited for to to about sharing this film with people? What are you excited for people to see? And can you give us the details of the premiere? I, when I I was able to go out to New Jersey a few weeks ago and screen the film. Uh, for Tom and Connor and their families for the first time, which was just an amazing experience. And I said a few words before the film and what really stuck out to me and what I wanted to say to them and what I want to say to everyone is that this film is less about celebrating greatness itself. It's more about celebrating the pursuit of greatness. And I think that's something that every swimmer and every person can relate to. Um, it's less about the outcome and where you're going. It's, it's more about how you're getting there and how you're conducting yourself as you go through it. So I think that there are elements um, in all three of our narratives that every single swimmer out there can relate to. And I'm excited for the swimming world to hear another story that maybe they don't know much about in Tom uh, and as well as Connor and Taylor. And so um, very excited to see the response and um, I kind of, um, it's, it's the most vulnerable uh, position I've ever been in. I'm, I'm excited just to see what the response is, but this is just everything I've ever wanted to say about, about the sport of swimming. So um, the film is coming out on Friday, May 21st. You can see it through our platform. It's called Eventive. So it's event and then I-V-E. So the website is watch.eventive.org slash water is my sky. The film will be available to rent only from May 21st through May 31st, this is our virtual premiere, uh, and it will be available on other platforms then later in the summer, but this is your first chance to see it, and I hope you'll check it out. So we'll have all those links in the description below. Uh, Brian Tremel, Tom Wilkins of The Water Is My Sky, thank you so much for joining us this morning, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.